Yeah, I know. Honestly, I've been wanting to show Dill Empire of the Sun for a while, though. I felt like he would like it. And there's always that chance, right? Like, you know, I could just be totally wrong. But I felt like he would like it. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm interested. All right. Let's 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 get the show on the road, then. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week, it's old Benji's turn to pick an album. And we're going with Two Vines by Empire of the Sun. So let's get into it. Yeah, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Damn it, who put a question on the teleprompter? <laughs> okay but our voice i'm excited to be back this is this is the voice of of the aforementioned old benji um ah shit i have some fun facts whenever you're ready but uh i don't know now i'm lost i don't know how to do this yeah uh (laughs) i'll take over for a sec kev how you doing buddy I'm good. I am uh, wearing a very tight T-shirt. I love it. It's uh, nice and colorful and pretty. And uh, I got a 10-hour video of a fireplace in front of me to, to illuminate my beautiful face. I love it. Nice. So, life is great. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything better. Yeah. Benny, it's been a you while since nice you've been on. Uh, you came on a little bit yeah. for uh, the, the 100th episode. But other than that, how you been doing? Doing good, man. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but you know it's an interesting time in my life. Um, got a lot, whole lot going on, but um, a lot of positives to go along with some of the lower dips. So just gotta take stock of those. And one thing that has always kept me going is music. So it's uh, a thrill to be back on with you boys and talk some more because um, I I freaking love this album and it, it it's kept me going in a, a couple dark places. So. Um, to get into it yeah it's super uplifting um i like it man i i've been making you squirm for long enough i really do like (laughs) it (laughs) see that's Uh, that's why i couldn't do the intro deal i'm like i've been so nervous i didn't mean to frazzle you (laughs) and i know how it feels because kevin does it to me all the time so um yeah i i think i'll just tell my opening thoughts and then we can get into fun facts um okay yeah, going into it, I was like, oh, Ben's picking an album from an EDM artist I've never heard of. And Kevin kind of tempered my thoughts about it, was like, it's not as EDM as you would think. And so I yeah. went into it with an open mind. Like, I really like indie pop. I really like a lot of the genres it reminds me of. And so listening to it the first couple times, it kind of just like reminded me of artists I already really liked. So I kind of took notes and kind of the way I, I I was like, oh, this reminds me of so-and-so. So a lot of my first notes are going to be like, this is who it reminds me of. But generally, it's really it's a really cool album. It's not something I was really expecting. And um, yeah, it's cool. And we t- we're going to talk about a little bit of the, the deluxe version too. They have one of the biggest songs that I didn't know was them. 
until I heard the last song on the deluxe version. So um, it was really yeah, cool. Walking in a dream. Yeah. 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 And that's one thing I was going to say too, like um, introing to the album, like if you don't think you know who Empire of the Sun is or haven't heard them, they are definitely one of those bands. Yes, you have, you know, Walking on a Dream, you know, we are the people. Um, you probably even know a couple from their second album as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those bands that it, they kind of exploded for a second and then kept on doing their own thing for a bit and kind of faded out of the social consciousness, but um, definitely kept doing some pretty cool shit. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't think I knew anything about these strange looking Aussie boys, but uh, I know I'd heard Ben mention them a bunch and like preaching their gospel to me. Um, and I gave him a quick listen right before I actually started listening to the album in uh, in earnest. And yeah, I was very surprised by what I heard. And I talked about it with you two a little bit before the episode. I've been on a wild roller coaster of with this album. I, I loved it at points. I hated it at points. I've been neutral at points. Uh, I think I settled on a nice uh, leaning towards liking it <laughs> uh, <laughs> place at the end. And I think it, it it is so uplifting at times that like if you're in a bad mood, you're not wanting to hear it. It's like yeah, being around like a cheery person when yeah. you're in a bad mood. It's just like it's it makes you grumpy. And I I was listening to it the other day when I was driving and I was hangry and I was listening to it. I'm like, I can't fucking listen to them tell me everything's all right because it's not. Not until I get food in my <laughs> yeah. stomach. And then yeah, I, I can't ate move and I loved on to the same yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I was oh, yeah. saying I've been in a shitty mood for most of the last month. <laughs> so that's kind of where this came from. Uh, my, my, I think where a lot of my thought, like the times where I was just like, fuck this album. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think once I, I think my notes listen always changes me towards skewing towards liking an album because I actually start really listening to it for the pieces and the st- all the good stuff that's in there. So um, I came back around um, doing my notes again today. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it very is very much is dependent on your mood. Yeah, I think so for sure. And I, I can just go ahead and hop into my opening thoughts too, and then we can dive into the fun facts before song by song. Because um, this this is always an interesting one for me. Like I come back to this album all the time. Uh, there was there was a road trip that me and one of my roommates was were on uh, going up to a buddy's bachelor party in Michigan. Long ass drive and. Um, we just happened to have this album in the car. And I think we listened to it like four or five, maybe six times, just looping it around. Um, for me, this is one that just never gets old. And um, I seem to find something new about it that I like every time. It's uh, I knew I was taking a little bit of a risk picking it because, I, you know, I could have in the electric. I knew I was going to do something electronic. Right. Um and I could have probably picked something towards I knew Kevin would like at least and be on my side. Um, but this one I wanted to subvert expectations with a little bit. It's not super, super, you know, in your face, four on the floor beats. It's not super ultra dancey, but there are some good dancey parts. Um, it's very, it has a very indie feel to the electronic, the electronic world. And it, I had a hard time putting it in a genre for a while. I think ultimately it is just kind of electronica, kind of that indie electro feel or robo pop, whatever Louie called it last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's some, one of the new things I found when I was listening to it for the podcast is 
I didn't realize how much of the lyrical content I actually really did enjoy. Uh, Cause that's one thing I usually look for. Um, but I always just listen to it as just a fun kind of vibey album to put on and, and jam out to. But when I was diving into the lyrics, I found some shit that I really, really um, thought was very creative and kind of eye opening for me as even as a fan. So that was really cool. Um, overall, I just think it's, it's hyper creative and it's ultra catchy from two wild minds who created this perfectly controlled storm in Empire of the Sun. Um, and I love it. So I can't wait to dive in. Hell yeah, man. Let's get those. Let's get some, uh, yeah, let's get some fun facts. Okay. Okay. So I have a few. Um, so Empire of the Sun really is actually kind of a side project. Uh, it took on a little bit more life than that, but the two guys, the two main guys are Luke Steele, uh, who has his main band is called the Sleepy Jacksons, or at least it was at the start of Empire of the Sun. And uh, Nick Littlemore, who is one of the members of Pnow, Pnow, something like that. Um, and Pnow has... Is it K-N-O-W? Like, just no? No, P-N-A-U. Pnow. Pnow, okay. <laughs> Pnow. It's fun to say. Yeah. Um, both uh, both bands are like have a lot of acclaim in Australia, where they're from. Um, and one of the cool things about that is uh, Empire of the Sun really got started when Luke Steele collaborated with Nick Littlemore on one of the tracks on Pnow's album, um, self-titled album which uh, later on Sir Elton John came out and said he thought was the best album he had heard in a decade, which was really, uh, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I went back and listened to that album. It's, it's wild. Um, another fun fact, apparently they wrote two songs for dumber or dumb and dumber Two. <laughs> uh, dumb and dumber. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea about that. And then uh, last one is that has several contributors on this album. Uh, for Henry Hay and Tim LeFaber of Bowie's Black Star Band and um, Wendy Malvoin of Prince's The Revolution and uh, Lindsey Buckingham of Fleetwood Mac. I'll talk more about that uh, on those nice. tracks that they're on. Uh, and then kind of the last thing I had is, Dill, you usually put Kevin through this, so I want to field the question to you. Do you know what the singles were from this album? Oh. Um. Digital Life. No. There were three. Not uh, Digital Life. Way to go. Way to go is one of them, yes. That was the last one. It was like the last promotional two vines. video. <laughs> Not two vines. Damn, and I don't know. Those the title my... track is <laughs> yeah. never never a single. Damn. Uh so it's high and low and two yeah. or door were the other two. Um, and I can see why for to her all three door? of those. Two yeah, door is actually surprising. Yeah, when I saw that, I was surprised. That was not the one I would have expected, but hmm. I would have thought first crush over to her door. But I think it was because probably because that's the one with uh, Lindsey Buckingham on it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So hell yeah, boys! Unless anybody else has some fun facts, let's let's get the hell in there. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's get up all in all, all right, these yeah. guts. Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> the um, so yeah, I'll hop in there. We'll we'll start with before. Um, and this one 
before the first song on the album, it gives you kind of shades of old DP right off the bat. And that's Daft Punk. Um, and they that means they know how to hook old Benny right from the jump. Uh, this it I think this song does exactly what an opening track should kind of lures you into a sound or in Empire of the Sun's case it kind of lulls you into a vibe um and before also gives us the first tasty little morsel of what meant what makes Empire songwriting chops really stand out to me bridges we're not talking Golden Gate bridges that shit's the color of rust we're talking some of them newfangled shiny bridges they're building in Dubai or Singapore or some shit. Um, two and a half minutes in, the song just kind of dissolves into atmosphere. And then you hear uh, Luke Steele come on with his very unique delivery. Um, Life was just a photo faded on my desk while I was ruling the world. And that, that it just kind of brings a totally new energy to the track. And I think that moment right there is when the album really starts. So, um, yeah, I, I love this song. It's it, that that chunky little groovy guitar that kind of powers it always gets me grooving a little bit until that bridge comes on and really kicks shit off. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I, and right away, like, you can tell this isn't like you two talked about already, Ben. This isn't your typical Benji album that you would bring to us. Um but at the same time, it totally is because you, you yeah. like sort of like the, I'm more of like the intense side of EDM. Like that's the shit I like, the shit that is more akin to like the metal and stuff like that, where it's very yeah. in your face, very um, melodic, but still very driving. Um, this is an easy listener. And most, pretty much the entire album is. And so like you said, it's a great opener for that reason. It kind of, it's it establishes a uh, sonic profile for what you're about to hear, and that's all you can really ask for from a good opener. Um, there's still some driving beats that kind of, that keep the vocals from being a little too sleepy, which I think they fall into that trap at one or two times in this album, um, where it's just like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a nap for a couple minutes <laughs> while this song plays through. Um, but yeah, no, it's perfect to establish the tone of the album, and I. I saw it labeled, I think, on Spotify as alt electro, and I think that's probably a pretty clean genre classification for it. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I I love the the subgenre uh, identifications on Spotify. There, <laughs> so so wild. Um, but yeah, the, I I like the song because it it almost feels tropical to get us started, and mm -hmm. there's an artist called Vacationer who makes kind of hip hoppy beats and kind of just tries to go for vibes other rather than like um substance. So I I really had a, a strong connection with Vacationer and I really like this song for that reason. And I think it like you guys said it's a good intro track and a good uh windows down track. It felt like a lot of yeah. the the EDM stuff we we had listened to in the past had done that like track seven, track eight, kind of later in the album. So to get that like right out the gate was like, oh, this is not going to be what I expected from what I've heard from other EDM bands and artists. So um, I only called them a band because they called themselves a band in that commentary you sent us. So um, I thought that was... Oh, yes. I'm glad you listened to it. Comical. <laughs> um, so yeah, great first track. Uh, just swiftly going into track two, High and Low. Um, it reminds me of the artist Life of Dylan. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Uh, super poppy artist. Um, 
and I only know them because they have they spell their name D I L L O N like me. So I always enjoyed that. <laughs> but um, the song starts a little slower, which means there's going to be a bigger rising action for the chorus, which I kind of needed after the the last song was good because it was so even keel. But to get like something slow and then kind of get a rising action um, for a great sing along chorus, I was just very ready for it. Um, and it kind of reminds me of like our bonfire playlist, our end of summer playlist. Like it kind of feels like summer's coming to an end, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe a bonfire playlist song. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me, Ben. Um, but I think so. Spotify lyrics say Alice D like A L I C E D. Mm-hmm. Were they, mm-hmm. were they act? Was that supposed to be code for LSD? Like the drug? Oh, come on. Yeah. Hey, come on. Bill. <laughs> Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds. I'm not an idiot. I, I, mean, I had the same. I had the same. Did you listen to this album? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yes. Got him. Yeah. That, Go ahead. That's Chris. about as thinly veiled as it gets, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. And it's like in my limited experience with this this side of electronic music, it's always unrelentingly positive and i think that's why ben relates to it so much because you are such an extrovert and you are such you're a person that gets life from being around positive people and so i think that's why you tend to find yourself listening to this side of electronic uh uh, electronic music a lot more than i do i like kind of being down in the muck and being angry and (laughs) and like getting a stank face like that's that's what i like um but this again this chorus the is just perfect for a summer festival, like late summer where it's kind of cooling down. Um, everybody's just kind of vibing, drinks in hand, LSD in their on their tongue, <laughs> and uh, it's just vibing out to it. And it's um, I, and Dill, I had the same note. Like I said, is LSD a Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds situation? And very clearly, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they so, just they got LSD on their tongues. Got a little spicy up in here. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. is it, or is it for um, all, all this d all, all, <laughs> all this dick up on my tongue <laughs> that actually took me a second i'm a little ashamed <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, okay. anyway, ben what you got uh so yeah now we're now we're listening to some cruising tunes was my first note on this <laughs> and like high and it starts soft like you guys said but it brings i think it brings the energy quickly um with what i think is is empire's other best feature other than the the bridges is their the sing-along chorus um like you talked about dill like they they just have a way of bringing a delivery and uh a perfectly backed instrumentally chorus that just makes you want to sing along with it even if sometimes the lyrics like you really don't know what they're saying which Empire definitely does that. Um, but yeah, I can't help it on this song. It's it's so much fun to sing along with. Um, I hope you guys didn't watch the video for this one because it's if you if you thought they were hard to look at before, Kev, you'll never you'll never be able to look at them the same. <laughs> Their faces but, are uh, so severe. Like there's they're they're just like they're not sharp, but they're just like yeah. it's like really bad androgyny (laughs) it's 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 so it's so hard to look at 
I don't know. It's just they, they have, I well, think they I think, that's, really, I think that's they have really big faces like I do. So yeah. <laughs> think of me like as an androgynous person. It would be really hard to look at. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of, that's part of what they go for too with their vibe too. Um is just that kind of wild and like this is something different. Uh you know, get used to it kind of thing. Uh, and I, yeah, I saw them live a few years ago, back in 2015, before this album, and their live show very much spoke to that. It was wild and entertaining. Um, if you can imagine hearing this kind of song live, or if you've seen the video, basically seeing that kind of thing live, it was absolutely wild. Um, but I did like basically with the, the whole Alice D thing, there is like a little story that goes along with it. Um, and, you know, credit to Genius, because obviously I'm not motivated enough to look anywhere else. But um, so allegedly the song High and Low was about a girl that he knew as a kid named Alice D. That was a bit of a wild child growing up. And basically um, we wanted to write a song that captured that innocence and bravery of youth and being a teenager. You know, having these kind of experiences when you first throw caution to the wind and you just start to try new things. And I think that energy really does come through. So while it is also clearly a reference to LSD, um, it's it's some smart songwriting as well um, to to apply it to a real human story like that. So yeah, high and low kicks ass. This is this is one of the standouts for me on this album. Yeah, me too. Um, I'll kick it off with two vines if you guys don't mind the uh, the title track here. Um, this is not quite a palate cleanser, but it does have like a nice slower mid-tempo shift to kind of switch up the formula from what we've gotten so far. I wouldn't call the first two tracks like high energy, but there's certainly a little bit, there's a little bit more forward momentum in those than this one. Um, and there's a very simple beat that, that kind of stands out from the track, but there's a lot of complexity going on in the bed. There's like four to five layers of stuff going on, um, in the bed. And I appreciate when... Uh, artists, especially a lot of electronic artists, can make complexity sound simple because it, it rewards people that like actually listen to what's going on. And you, it's it's like we always talk about like I like this song, but I don't know why. And it's usually because there's a lot of like weird layering going on in post post production and stuff like that. And uh, I just really like the same thing with Devin Townsend last week. It's uh, there's a lot of like production tricks happening in a lot of these tracks, and that's that's the secret sauce that I think a lot of people struggle to realize why they like a song because it does, if you just listen to it on a surface level, it sounds super simple. Um, and I feel like that's a lot of what they do and it's, a, it's prevalent through all electronic music for the most part. Um, at least the good electronic music anyway. Um, but yeah. And then the, the, the beat drop on when he, and it goes into, and all the universe is humming like that's fucking sex to your ear and, and with headphones on, like, it's just yeah, so yeah. so good. It's so good. It's like it, it's like a goosebumps moment. The first time I heard it with headphones, I was like, "Ooh, shit!" Uh, it made me a little tingly. Um, yeah, no, this is uh, another good track. Like, I'm still in like we haven't reached the tracks where I'm really like, I don't know. These these first three tracks are still really really good. Yeah, th this, yeah. I, I, this I, almost I so. reminds me of Vampire Weekend. Anybody? Okay. Anybody? Um, okay. I've listened very little, but I think I can. I think I can smell what you're stepping in. I think it's just because it sounds a little more indie. Um, 
And I felt yeah. like this was the first song I heard that I was like, was Ben catering this album to me? Did he pick this to like <laughs> make sure that he picked something that I would like? I told you, I, I've, I've been wanting to show you Empire of the Sun for a while, but I didn't want to do it in like a song of the show or like something where you just get one little snippet. Like I, I wanted you to listen because I, yeah. I felt like you would really like it. <laughs> yeah, th there's a lot of cool uh, things about this song. And this was kind of the, the song that had the first uh, earworms that I think Kevin referenced. And, you know, I also found one that I really liked. There's a drum fill taking us from the bridge to the chorus. It's fucking killer. Mm -hmm. And it's not very long. It's just like a little transition, but it it's enough to keep you like, fuck yeah. Like I want to hear that again. Like let's let's do that one yeah. more time. Um and I really like the song because the vine imagery is really cool. You know, thinking about life a little less linear and thinking about a vine and how they grow outward and you know, it's it's a really cool concept for a song and for an album. Yeah, absolutely. Um and so I guess bouncing off of that. Uh, so this song actually does have like a pretty targeted theme. It's, it's about drinking ayahuasca, which is pretty funny. Um, Cause it like ayahuasca is made of a mixture of two vines. Um, so a, a lot of these songs do have pretty overt drug themes. Um, probably not surprising if you listen to the whole album. Um, but these guys, you know, they, they dabble. They definitely dabble. Um but it's uh so oh, lost my notes hold on one second there there we go um so yeah we get we get a kind of a the mid-tempo titular track at number three here and what really stands out to me is like it it's a mid-tempo song but the, the the vocals are kind of stuck in molasses but somehow that works and and that's all until the bridge again at 244 with what you were talking about kevin that ends with all the universe is humming with me and fucking zing after a nice dramatic pause you get a that wall of sound chorus that comes back in and i, I thought it was interesting like coming off of uh the devin townsend album you guys listen to like that's kind of what he is really really known for right is that wall of sound production technique um and this is just a totally different execution of it i i love the way it's it kind of it's a constant crescendo and descendo, if that's a word. Um, but the music, it, the that main kind of riff, I guess I'll call it in the instrumental, gets really loud and then fades out and gets louder and fades out again and again and again and again. Uh, it's you almost don't realize it's happening until you really listen for it, and it's even more pronounced in the that bridge. Um, and it, it really kind of does take you into a separate world where you can see those those two vines growing. And um, I love music like that, that can kind of put me in the mind of someone else, even if that someone is uh, someone who's off their ass on ayahuasca. So, yeah, I think this is this is another great one for me. It's it's one that um, kind of you get that fatigue almost now and then when when you listen to the album as much as I have um, just because it doesn't start as strong and I've noticed that the intros all kind of do that to me after listening to it so much like the intros kind of all right well here we go again here's two vines and then by by like 20 30 seconds in I am absolutely vibing again so I don't know there's something magic about this album and this song is part of it for sure um, 
you guys have anything else on two vines or you want me to hop into friends okay yeah, to, right on so this is okay this is my favorite track and you might hear that again um is this <laughs> this song is another one it's it's about a bug uh, it's about a bad drug trip essentially um that, that it's very fear and loathing um it starts with the line or it starts with straight down the line watch you disappear it's a very thinly veiled line about you know taking down some coke and then things start to get a little weird because presumably in the song that's not the only drug involved here um that once things start to get a little weird though that's when the song really picks up because what a hook this song has uh, i can't i it's not even really a chorus but that that main hook in the in the song is my favorite moments of the album every moment that it's in my ears um and musically the song it keeps you guessing um because it, it goes through several tempo shifts uh it almost feels like second to second but it somehow flows together really well and it's just a it's a wild three minute ride that keeps the shoulders popping yeah hold on sorry i lost my notes too do you want to go on bring them back up sure yeah, th this song reminds me of Neighborhoods, if you guys remember them. Um, kind of in the same era as like early 1975. And that's up until the chorus, because the chorus, you know, is just on another level. I love this chorus. It it crushes on this song. It's yeah. one of my favorite ones on the album. Um, I kind of interpreted it, I mean, obviously you you know more than I, but I almost felt like it was like, being around a friend who's destructive with drugs. So like when he said, like, you yeah. gotta be careful when your friends around, um, it just kind of felt like, you know, it's all fun and games until you like you're friends with someone until they start doing drugs. And then like, you have to be careful around them because they're so destructive. And maybe that's talking about himself. Maybe that's talking about an actual friend, or maybe it's talking about who you hallucinate. You know, it, there was a lot of different ways I interpreted it, but I thought it was a really, a really cool song. No, that's a good take. I, I mean, that very well could be. Yeah, I'm glad you guys looked at the lyrics because I tried, and I was like, I can't, be, I can't be bothered. <laughs> just, just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> you know what's so offensive um, about that is that you did it last week. I know. You were I like, know. I, I decided to uh, do you do a deep dive into the lyrics. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, hold Where on, is this coming? Hold on. <laughs> Who is this guy? Let's walk this back a little bit. I just realized Devin Townsend was in a, a bad place. That's as far as my lyrics went. You're like, I was I was diving deep. I was up till uh -huh. 3 a.m. reading lyrics. I was writing Crap. dissertations about yeah. the, the implications. And anyway, uh, my thoughts on Friends are, um, <laughs> you know, immediately you can tell the pace is picking back up. Um, and at this point, I'm kind of ready for it again. Um even though it was only like a truly like one song break, I was ready for, I don't want to overstay too long in like the slowness, especially yeah. with like an electro album, um, electronic album. But yeah, the, this track, especially after the first chorus reminds me so much of passion pit. And it's like, I feel like they have a huge passion pit vibe just in general. Um, so much so that That's I can't, I can't divorce Empire of the Sun from Passion Pit anymore. They're just, I even went back and I listened to some Passion Pit today just to make sure I was like correct in my analysis. And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're the same exact vibe, same kind of 
song structure, same kind of vocal delivery. It's 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 weird because I haven't thought about Passion Pit for I don't know fifteen years. Yeah. Um, so to to just automatically be reminded again of a ba- of like a band I haven't thought of. Besides literally Mason have, sending it to us for the last was, like was this Passion Pit? Yeah, or was it Peach Pit? Uh, oh, was, I think this was Peach Pit. I don't. It was Peach Pit. Oh. Yeah, because I thought the same thing do, too. Because I know Passion Pit do. <laughs> Passion Pit is more like the like indie shit from like 2010, right? Yeah, they were like a oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. like sleepyhead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I. That's one of the few artists I didn't write down, but I definitely see that too. Yeah. No, yeah. I thought because I thought the same thing when Mason threw the peach pit song up there i was like wait hold on that's not what i expected because i thought it was gonna be passion pit and i was like oh okay now i, I realized they're this very very similar names um anyway uh but yeah no it's a good track but it didn't make me shit my dick or anything so um <laughs> yeah it's, it's oh, fine such a word oh, i shit my <laughs> i shit my dick every time on that on that chorus so uh I don't know what track we're on, but uh, the number one. There's wise, no need. No, oh, I know sorry. the name. I just don't know what number. I lost. I accidentally <laughs> clicked something, and the numbers are gone. Uh, yeah, we're having the, trouble with notes tonight. Man. It, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> there's no need. Uh, this reminds me a lot of the band Camino, which is one of my favorite artists. So, um, the only thing I don't like is the vocals here. I think there's like a weird. The auto tune. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They did something to it. Is it out of tune? There was some kind of distortion it to it. Very, and I was like, oh, I, I hated it. But I really love the beat for the chorus. This song probably would be my favorite on the album if they took out that weird thing with the vocals. Yeah, and I, I feel like Ben is going to love this song because I don't really like it. Um, <laughs> and we disagree on this side of electronic music more than anything else, I think. I think most of our, the rest of our like musical tastes line up pretty well. I mean, the only other thing I can think we disagree more on is Avenged Sevenfold. Um, <laughs> uh, but there, it's, it's, it's fine. Like, I don't hate the track. It's just, but there's the, there, the meter in the second line of the chorus where he says, I, I think I lost the touch of those behind. He, he, it bothers the fuck out of me. And it's all I can listen to when I listen to this song. It feels rushed. Or like there should be an extra syllable in there that isn't there. Just feels like the meter is off somehow, and it just, every time I hear it, it just flicks me right in the front of my brain. And um, I think it kind of ruined what was otherwise a, a, a good song. It's just that meter. They do it a couple times in this. Like they just, it's almost like they're non-native English speakers, <laughs> but I know they are because they're from Australia. But. Um, just some of the way they deliver lines sometimes is just, it's really strange. And um, this was the biggest offender and I couldn't get past it. Um, and I, it sucks because I feel like I would like this song otherwise. No, I totally, I totally get that with this song. Um, yes, you're right. I do love it. I, I, I really love this song. Uh, but what both of you guys are saying, I totally understand and hear it as well. It's the it's the way he delivers the first line of, of pretty much every verse. The really, um, it's it's super super auto tuned and kind of just out of flux. And then I know exactly which line you're talking about too, Kevin. Um, I always heard it as I think I lost the touch. It was fine, um, 
instead of like leaving those behind. So like when I looked up the lyrics, I was a little surprised. And then I started to hear it too. It was like, mm, that kind of takes me out of it. So I'm just going to keep on choosing to hear it the way I always heard it. <laughs> and that'll be a lot better for me. But um, no, I've, I've always, I've always liked this song on the listens through. It's, it is not like one of my tops on the album for sure, but I do, I do really like this song, um, but it kind of demonstrates why one of the reasons I was nervous about picking it um, because that, that kind of stuff is very intentional for empire of the sun. Like, they are trying to push the boundaries of what is normal in song construction, but in ways that are hard to detect. So when they become easy to detect, it almost stands out like a sore thumb. Um, but most of the time it really works. And when I will go back and this album will always forever be in my rotation, I will choose not to hear that part. <laughs> I think so it, it is it, super, it's super experimental. So like if they did something that didn't work, like, that distorted vocal, the whatever it is, it doesn't come back the rest of the album. So I don't know if like yeah. they were like, let's just try a whole song with this this vocal filter on or you know what what have you. But it, it is cool that like they try stuff every song and it's gonna be different every song. Yeah. Yeah, and they well they they do, do some more auto-tuning. They just don't chop and screw it quite as much as they do in that really. Um but yeah, it, it's it's just one of those techniques that they're they're just trying something out. And I know you listened to the commentary, Bill, that I sent you guys for concert pitch. That's kind of their creative process. They're they're just throwing shit together, man. And they're working together in like a room of of guys that are just wild musicians. And it's a very loosely formed kind of collective almost in Empire of the Sun with those two as the main guys. And them staying on track as often as they do is always been impressive to me because the the melodies that they come up with and including in this song, it, it's great. Like I can, I can vibe to it all day. Um, but I guess I should, I'll actually go to my notes <laughs> that I had on this song, but I, I think it's about just accepting life as it is. And I, this is the one that I was telling you guys about that. I get a little bit of head cannon on when they say it, it was fine. So often I, I just picture Jake, the dog in my head, like looking at Finn's just saying, ah, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine like a hundred times because this song is kind of like adventure time to me. It's nonsensical yet cohesive, um, wildly creative yet pointed. Um, and I, I love that. So this, I totally understand this not being everybody's favorite track, but I always, I've always really liked this one. All right. Moving right along to way to go. Uh, and then this is, this is better. This is, this is more of my wheelhouse here. Uh, I don't know who the vocalist is who starts each verse in this song. I'm assuming it's blue headdress guy. Yeah, and if you've seen, <laughs> if you've seen the, the, uh, any, any of your videos or the album cover, I think he wears the headdress a lot. Cause I think he does it on another album as well. I think he sleeps in it. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it, 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 I think I love his voice. He's my favorite of the two vocalists. Uh, he, it's just got a really cool indie vibe to it. Uh, more so than the other guy who's really nasally. Uh, but mid tempo is where these boys live, and uh, it's it's just it's nice when an artist finds their niche. Uh, and I feel like they're in every single commercial for everything in Australia. They just feel like a band. They're like America's Imagine Dragons, kind of, <laughs> and in so much as they're in every single commercial. 
Dude, they're still in every single commercial here. Yeah, Walking on a Dream is in a commercial yeah, every other everywhere. year. I love that fucking song, but man, Walking on a Dream, give it a fucking rest. <laughs> Let me enjoy the song for the song, not because I want to buy a fucking Tahoe. <laughs> they had to get it from somebody. They got permission. That's true. I, that's fair. Uh, I would, I would sell out as hard as possible if I had chevy knocking on my door oh yeah i i mean as much as i hate imagine dragons i can't hate the hustle you know what i mean yeah um, get that there's a great line in this song future is the healing of pain um caught me off guard man i was like whoa that is deeper than i was expecting for this album um it's it's a pretty uplifting song about starting over and it kind of reminded me of our deep dive in that reliant k album and yeah you know, it, it's got the same kind of feel, you know, future is a healing of pain. I thought that was a really cool line. Um, there is a, it, it kind of feels synth heavy, like an eighties pop style track. And I think that's really fun. Um, and this album's done a really good job of mixing it up every track. And I'm, I, I was really impressed by the versatility, especially, I think this is track seven. So, you know, that's, that's impressive. Six. Six. Well, yeah. Halfway in, and we still haven't gotten the same song. So, I always enjoy when when bands can mix it up, and it still sounds like them. Yeah, they'll do that. They they hit you. They kind of just hit you out of left field sometimes with some really poignant lyrics because a lot of them just sounds like kind of garbled, spacey gibberish, and sometimes it is. But um, they they do really have some really kind of uplifting and poignant uh, moments mixed in there and even just whole songs. There was actually one uh, back from high and low that I forgot to point out that I really love. Um, and it's just, I don't want you to go. I need to be closer to now. And um, like just versus saying closer to you or um, I don't want you to go. I need to be, um, you know, closer to, well, I guess you again, but yeah, there's, there's another way like that kind of same sentiment you hear all the time in like a million different songs, just kind of totally altered and, and flipped on its head. And it's, it's a really creative and very impressive way to go about it. Um, and I think most of that comes from Luke Steele, the, the headdress guy. Um, and I think he actually does just as a side note for the vocals, he is most of the vocals on empire's tracks um like he even gets layered in there uh nick littlemore definitely does vocals for empire um and it's hard to tell where uh because he also does the vocals for now but I, it's mostly luke Steele in empire um he's just got a he's got a weird wacky voice that can go a bunch of different directions so it sounds a lot different from one moment to the next um but okay sorry not this song way to go um and okay this is my favorite track. You might hear that again. Um, <laughs> this one is this one is the one that has the the two mus musicians that were formerly of David Bowie's Black Star Band, and this one is allegedly dedicated to David Bowie. Um, so, and this one really makes sense to me. It's got that kind of otherworldly vibe that a lot of Bowie's music has, and it has a really great uplifting message about moving on from pain and just beginning anew. 
And I, I really love, again, surprise, surprise with the bridge, the way the guitar picks up during the bridge. And it's not like picking up like you would hear in a metal guitar. It's very subtle, but it does pick up and it just carries speed. And I can't help from belting out that chorus again. And um, just a quick touch on the music video, because uh, I think you nailed a couple of, a couple of things, Dill. It is very much about that whole starting anew, and the music video kind of touches on that. Uh, it's it's them kind of going through a meditation phase, you know, just on like ten tabs of acid, but just you know having a really good meditation trip. And the whole chorus kind of talks about that. It doesn't matter what's tripping you out, what's going on in your life. There's always a way to go, and that that sentiment has always been incredibly powerful to me. And I absolutely love this track. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Is it still <laughs> me for, for Ride? Yep. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to Ride, track number seven, I think. Um, so this is the one that was co-written by Wendy Melvoin. It was, a, this one is allegedly dedicated to Prince, um, but I don't really see this one. <laughs> I, I don't really hear a whole lot of Prince in this. Um, I do really like this song, but it's it smacks a lot more of Daft Punk to me, um, almost like a doing it right kind of feel, it, because you get that same repeated chorus over and over again, just kind of twisted in a in a vocalizer. And um, it, either way, it's still cool, uh, and it's it's cool that Empire takes the time to honor their influences or just the musicians they love from the past. Um, to me, this one almost feels like a B-side. I do really like the song and I almost, I never skip it. Um, but it's, it's not one of the ones that is going to keep me driving back to the album every time. Yeah. I had a lot of the same notes, Ben, as far as like, it's the most dancey we've been so far. Uh, and it's, it's more of what I was expecting from a, a Benji week for sure. Uh, the together we can do it in the chorus gives me just that little bump of Daft Punk, like you were talking about. Yeah, and it, it's all it need. It's all I need to make me love this track. Like it's it's a good track. Um, this, like I talked about it earlier, it's so saccharine sweet to steal a, a phrase from Dylan yeah. that it's almost overload. Going to do that later, damn it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's almost overload, but it's just enough to make me smile without puking through my teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like okay, this is kind of corny, but I, I it's relatable still. Um, and I think that's, again, that's, I've talked about it a bunch already. It's, that's kind of like, I prefer to be in the muck kind of thing when I'm listening to music a little bit. I like, I like the blues. I like metal. I like funk. I like, you know, hard style stuff. That's, that's kind of where I'm at a lot of times. Um, so when you get something that's so just like, again, saccharine sweet, um but you're gonna hate first crush then oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually no i don't i don't hate first crush. Oh, dude that's um, I, was, way I, was I was worried about you for first crush i was no i'm, I'm fine with that it's uh the next one i don't like hmm. yeah I, I i feel the same way about ride reminds me of daft punk very repetitive like daft punk they said together yeah. we can in some form or another 40 times four zero um so you're more patient you're, than I do. You know, if 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 we have a a tally, that is way more than that one song Mason p pointed out. Um, what was it? 
It was like 36 times. Okay. <laughs> I remember. Uh, we, we, we got we to quantify way more. So, yeah. I need to start way like more. a tally. Like, <laughs> yeah. how does this rank amongst the stars? Um, among the, uh, the race and annoyance meter? <laughs> yeah. I didn't count the doing it rights for um, random access memories. I wonder. I mean, oh. around the world. Oh, my God. But this is probably my sonically least favorite track on the album. Makes sense. Not a huge dance guy. Um, It just seemed like standard EDM when we've been having so many mixes of genres that I was like, there's no there's no trick here. There's no M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. Um, And I was kind of waiting for it. Um, What a twist. Do what? I said, what a twist. What a twist. (laughs) But there, this? I will say there are some sneaky guitars at like 245 that saved this song for me. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I like it. Maybe like that little part was like, hmm, maybe it's better than what I've heard. But, you know, whatever. It's my opinion. <laughs> it's just my opinion. <laughs> for all you Vine stars out there, remember <laughs> That's all we do is just quote popular videos that no one knows anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. we we quote visual mediums quite a bit, which is yeah. not, not not great for for radio. The banana uh, bread and vines. That's all you need to know well, to listen. Yep. Um, <laughs> digital life. Uh, that hi hat that started this song made me think it was about to be a trap song. I was like, no fucking way, they're gonna do a trap song. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> It wasn't far off. This has got a huge drum track. And I have a, a couple questions for Benji since I I didn't know I was going to get to go first. So this is kind of exciting. Uh, a, is this trance? It feels like we're trying all genres and this is like a slower kind of trancier song. So does this quantify as trance to you? You want me to answer that now or go? go yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I can see where you're going and of all these songs on this album, this would be the most like akin to that, like the most down that path. Um, especially just with like the spaciness of it. Um, but it does not, it, it, there's not enough, there's not enough music in it. Essentially. There's not enough sound gotcha. for it to be trance. Like trance is very layered and um, empire does that in a lot of their, a lot of their tracks, but in a totally different way. Okay. So I can see what I can see what you're saying, but they need a need to up the BPM a little bit for okay. it to be trance. Okay. Yeah. Up Dill, the I BPM always, for trance. Got it. I always struggle with trance classifications as well. The way the way Ben explained it to me that I always kind of come back to is trance builds on itself. Like there's elements, then it builds another element on top of that, then another element, then another element. That's kind of like what I use as like my barometer for trance. I don't. It, I'm I'm usually wrong still, but I think that's one of the key elements to that genre. Is it's um, again? I think this the ethereal nature. Ooh. Ding ding ding. Uh, <laughs> and then like just the layers building on top of each other and never really going away or coming back to them, refeaturing them, bringing them up on top of the. You know, it's like building up layers in Photoshop, essentially, and just shuffling those layers around. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, the the lyrics are uplifting. You could say that about almost every song on this album. 
they're talking about family, but I like how positive this album has been generally. Uh, when they were talking about a family, I was like, is this the Forrest family? So I ask you again, Ben, is this about the Forrest family? I wish. I, I really do wish. I, I've i been saying for years, Electric Forest needs to do whatever it takes to get Empire of the Sun there because it would go so well. It would, it would abs- They would absolutely kill that forest. So I fucking wish. Okay, that was my last question. Uh, last thing I have to say is... There's a big buildup at like 310, and it fizzles right back into the course one more time. It was fucking teasing 101. It was brilliant. I was so mad that it made me want to listen to the song again. So good on them. Well, yeah. Well, Kevin, I know you hate this one, so. <laughs> yeah. You want me to just get into one? Yeah, just, just go for it. Get it out there. Um. I don't know. man. it's just, I think I got tricked. I think that was the problem because I got my Daft Punk hits in the last song and then I saw digital life and I expected digital love. And I'm like, yeah. Nope, it's not digital love. It's not, it just isn't. It was digital love is one of my favorite songs of all time. So I think I just tricked myself into thinking this was going to be every time I listened to it, I was like, Oh cool. Digital love is coming up next. Nope. Um, and it's my fault. I get it. Not all songs are digital love. Uh, it, hey, it's, it's a, Daft Punk's not coming back. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> why, would you, why would you say that? There's no there's no reason to do that, Dylan. Yeah, I get it, dude. Dylan, that, that is especially poignant to my life because I was fucking I listened to a Daft Punk song the other day. It came up on random and I started to fucking tear up a little bit. I was like, they're fucking gone, man. Fucking pissed me off. It's, it's not your it's not your fault, Kev. You're an asshole. <laughs> What a fucking prick. <laughs> um, I know they're not coming back, Dill. We talked about it on the episode. I've, uh-huh. I've, I've, made, I've made my peace with it. Any, anyway, um, yeah, it's a palate cleanser, but it just puts me to sleep. Um, it's, it's uh, I don't know. I feel like on a mid-tempo album, a palate cleanser is better served as being like super, super bombastic like going like a slower tempo for what's already kind of a slower tempo album. It just, it just, it's just like you're already teetering on the edge of like being relaxed and vibey to just go to something a little bit slower. It doesn't work as well on like a lot of the stuff we do, which a lot of stuff we do is higher energy. I mean, let's be honest. So like slower palate cleansers work better. Um, I just on this album, I just wasn't feeling it. I just feel like a switch to fucking just a straight, like give me a, fucking big house track or something like 2015 house something like concert, something like concert pitch if you guys listen to that one yeah i mean yeah just something that's not the same but slower if that makes sense on an already kind of slower album uh and that's really my main beef with it i, I think you know if i was high i'd probably fucking love this song <laughs> so it's like listening to pink floyd on not under the influence of something <laughs> essentially um and not understanding why people love Pink Floyd. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's really it. Uh, it was my, it was my own self trap plus not really agreeing with the album structure. So, um, is this my track? Am I first crush? I, I haven't gone on digital. Life oh yet. shit. My bad. Um, wait, hold on. Let me actually figure this out mathematically. It's not mathematics. It's just counting. Mathematical. <laughs> Thanks. 
yes, I think it will be you for first crush. But uh, anywho, uh, Digital Life, I think I'm actually going to surprise you guys and lean more towards Kevin on this one. Um, I do like it. I like it. Of course I do. Like, I, I think I failed to mention at the beginning, but there's there's not a bad song on this album for me. Uh, it, but in my humblest of opinions, I think this is probably the worst one on the album. Um, but that's just because something has to be right. Um, for me, what you're saying, Kevin is, is right. Like this is not empire. of The sun does a great job of, of kind of tricking you into thinking some of their stuff is really high energy when it's not, it's very mid tempo. Um, but this one is, is super, super slowed down and it just kind of loses a little bit of that, that, that sheen of, of energy. Um, and it kind of it kills a little bit of the momentum in the back half um, from the super vibey front half. But this is a great track for a Zen playlist. Like I still, I always have trouble skipping it. Like no matter the the, the whole album, I, I there's not a single song that I'm gonna say, all right, well it's digital life, just move on to the next one. I still I have to listen to this one. I still really like it, it and I think part of it is because of the storytelling, it does kind of tell a cool story in the lyrics, just kind of figuring out this digital age together as a people and like what it means because, well, people are mean on the internet. So, you know, we gotta come together, boys. Let's be friends. That's why yeah. you gotta join our Discord. That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Didn't even know I was setting it up for the shameless plug. Uh-huh. Discord, Discord is definitely Furda. Um. Uh. So, are you are you ready to move on to first crash? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Contrary to what you guys think, I fucking love this song. That whatever that that PBS like public broadcasting system synth, whatever the fuck it is, that shit fucking rocks, dude. Um. It it just I want more of it. It's like it's 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 so goddamn nostalgic for me to hear that song. Or that that noise, whatever it is, uh, I can only describe it as PBS synth. That's the only thing I can think of. It's like it reminds me of staying home from school at grade school and watching PBS all day, like falling asleep to Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers, but in like an electronic music sensibility. And I just I couldn't I just couldn't get over how much I loved it, and it just put me in this really fuzzy headspace, like fuzzy, warm. Like I just I don't know. I loved it. Um, I don't give a fuck what the song is about. I just want more. I just want an inter- instrumental version of this track right now. It's it's my favorite track just for the endorphin hit I got from it. Just from like, I don't know. I, I, I've been in a nostalgic mood recently too. And I just, I really, I really kind of needed this specific hit of just enjoying being a child. And that, that PBS synth just did it for me. Yeah, it, it almost reminds me of like cheesy boy band love song intros, like maybe mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys' first album. I got like super yeah. big synth, and you know the lyric content is very cheesy, but like I feel like this song would crush on like a teen TV show when like the two people you've been shipping are finally getting to- together. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Obviously, Kevin and I just fucking love bad tv and we love shipping people that's like two of our favorite things <laughs> yeah. which I, I don't think we talk about on this show as much but 
Queen City podcast, we talk about that a lot because it's we should all, talk about Riverdale. About. Yeah. Yep. Do you guys know that people are shipping you? The internet's talking about it. Yeah. We've been there, done that. You yeah, know, but it's, it's we're better as friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we st- we fuck from time to time. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a work visa. We got we got punch that card every now and then. Uh, <laughs> I'm a sucker for cheesy lovey-dovey stuff, dude, and this song is exactly that. It's cheesy in all the best ways. It's like I, I think when you throw caution to the wind and you're like, this song is going to be cheese as hell, mm-hmm. and people admire that. I think if you like try to make it cool or something, like it wouldn't work, but just going all out cheese is cool. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I, okay, this is my favorite track on the album, and you might hear that again. Um, <laughs> it, it just, it rides in on this, like it, on a kind of a muted frequency from space. And it does. So it's funny that you mentioned digital love. Cause it reminds me a little bit of digital love in that way, Kevin. Um, but as soon as the vocal kicks in, it becomes sweet as candy. I'll go with that one instead of saccharine sweet. Um, and it, it brings us along on that wave for the whole track. I can't I I can't get enough of this one. It's pretty on the nose about as a, a song about just a, a love brand new, but um, similar to uh, High and Low, I think it does a great job of capturing that innocence of that, you know, just first youthful feeling of, is this love? Um, it, I have a few of the lyrics written down here. Um, all that goes on. I just want to be there. You've given me the rhythm to run. That that that's such a great line, that that gets me every single time. It's a goosebump line for me, and it really just encapsulates the whole song. When you just feel like you've got all the wind in the world at your sails, and especially as the last so- the last line in the song, it just it carries a little bit of weight to it. And it, this this it's a great example of kind of those little just production tricks they do throughout the album just those like little horn hits that come in through there. Um, There's just all sorts of little pieces and bits like that, that kind of make this song more than just that super cheese that we're talking about. Even though if you just listen to it at face value, that super cheese is going to feel great. Yeah. When you said, is this love, it reminded me of the Bob Marley song. Is this love? Is this love? Is this love? Is this love that I'm feeling? And again, that's super cheesy, but it's like, I started swaying to it and it made me happy. And it's like, if you, like you guys said, when you fully dive into the cheese of just a new new love, like everybody's been there, right? It's, it's the honeymoon phase is always cheesy. It's always like nausea inducing to everybody around it. But for you, it's all so real and it's like who gives a fuck because i'm in i'm in love you know that kind of thing um you had your the tom cruise moment you know (laughs) tom cruise from top gun maverick flying off into the sunset tom cruise from the uh oprah winfrey show where he jumps up on the couch and (laughs) (laughs) okay Okay, I was I, up here, even down here. All I right. thought you were doing Buddy the Elf from Elf. Well, that, that, that could be I'm that, too. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Uh, same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all the same shit. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. Is it back to me for ZZZ? Okay. Um, 
So ZZZ is track 10, mm-hmm. and it's a, a minimalist banger, if such a thing is possible. I think we needed a little bit more of that atmospheric energy that we got a lot of on the front half of the album, back here on the 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 end of the journey here. And ZZZ does a great job of bringing it. It's it's one. It's not one of the ones you're going to hear me say, "Okay, this is my favorite track on the album." For, but it is a great one, and I, I it's another one like similar to Digital Life. Even though it's not my favorite on the album or one of the super super standouts, I just I can't seem to skip it. I listen to it every single time, and I it's one of those things that just makes this album so great to me. Is even the ones that are just kind of you know, mid-range or um, just mid, as the kids like to say these days, um, <laughs> or Kevin likes to say these days, it's still good. And it, it's it's not as memorable as some of the other ones, but I still love listening to it. Yeah, it's, uh, my first note on this is like, ooh, this is kind of sexy. Like it starts out on kind of like this sexual note, like musically. Um, and I, I hate, I loathe the fact that these two songs are right next to each other and at the back half of the album because, yeah. um, and it's the, the way I rearrange it, they're still next to each other, but kick Digital Life out of here, put this up above where Digital Life is, and it's the perfect palate cleanser for this album. You don't think so, Dill? <laughs> I, I like where this song's at. Fair, uh, fair. Uh, that's why we do this show. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I think I think I've noticed a trend in myself too, just listening back to old episodes. And uh I like I tend to really like the songs that sound wildly different from the rest of the album. And I think this is that track for this album. Yeah. And uh there's just something about if it's if it's a good song, like it just it's just feels like such a breath of fresh air. You've been in this same sonic pocket for I don't know, 30 minutes. And then you get something that's just wildly different. It feels like you can finally come up and get that big gasp of air that you need. Um, now on the flip side of that, it could push you further down into the depths and make you drown. But most of the time, like that wildly different track is like, is like the life force that I need to get me through the back half of an album. Typically. Uh, I think that's why I like those just doing a little self analysis there. Um, but yeah, ZZZ didn't have me snoring and had me white dad dancing. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Th- this reminds me of the artist Cruiser, uh, C R U I S R. So I'll just start Thanks. with that. Um, this <laughs> song, I like this song because I felt like it came out blazing after the last song, yeah. and that's why I think I. L- it's my favorite song on the album. There you go. Oh really? Yeah. It feels okay. like it feels like we've been building up to this song, like Kevin talked about, like. This song feels focused to me. Like we've been dancing around it. It's the second to last track. We know we're getting close to the end of the album. Let's not fuck around. Let's do a song that's just focused and like the beat is awesome. There's so much. I just felt like this song was so driving and it I I it's definitely my favorite song. I listened to the album on shuffle too and I I found myself feeling the same way. Yeah, I agree. Like these last two songs are my are were one and two for me as far as favorite songs on the album. Huh, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. I I don't know if it's just because I have more like I've been listening to it for so long, or maybe it's just because I love First Crush so freaking much 
that there that nothing can compare to it after that um but i mean the melody in this song is great like the song is great so i don't i don't know why it doesn't stand out as much to me but that's that's awesome that that you guys well, it was a real standout for you that's that's sweet like, yeah, honestly, I, can't, I can't i can't wait to go back and listen to it again now even though i've listened to this album 40 fucking times in the yeah, last I, week i think dill nailed it when he said it was just more focused i think both dill and i that's something we share we enjoy really tight structure to songs and i think this was the tightest structure that we got on the album and i think that was exactly right dill that's the reason why i love this song so much because it just feels tighter than the and less like ambient than the rest of the album and uh it's it's more of like that we like strict melody kind of thing um whereas ben might be a little bit more often like that trancey oh yeah uh, ambient electronic realm so oh, yeah. this this felt more in our wheelhouse i think for sure mm-hmm. and i think sense. yeah that that was really like a like a poignant point because i hadn't thought about even like the uh just the tightness of it being something that i liked about it yeah, and I, I yeah. think that's, like I said, I think that's why it's a good track 10 leading up to the last track. Because, like, track 10, will, or track 11, we'll just get into it, To Her Door, is almost like a bar close song. It's, like, mm-hmm. simple. It's not too crazy. But it's kind of a good summation of the album. Um, there's a lyric, I feel better when we are together. I know it's simple, but I don't care. And that's, like, fucking, that's... Shit, we could have just done the whole episode and just quoted that and been good, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I but it's, it's such a great last sentiment, I think, for the album. And it's almost like Jack Johnson's simple or like Bob Marley's simple. Like there's an elegance to simpleness. And the fact that they know that and they appreciate that is just a great way to finish an album. Yeah, no, I, uh, I was worried about this one a little bit because I know we, I think we get a little, you know, kind of mushy here at the end of the journey with the last few songs. But um, is there, they're all kind of just about love and just the general purpose and feeling of, of being in love. But um, To Her Door does it so well to cap this album off. It, this is the one that was co-written by Lindsey Buckingham uh, of Fleetwood Mac. And it kind of sounds like a space age Fleetwood Mac song. And that that's that's awesome to me. I, I'm a big fan of Fleetwood Mac. Like, there's it's one of those bands that I've kind of gone half on a deep dive of and really need to finish. Um, but I love that kind of because it's feel good rock almost. Um, and I know it's simple for that, but I don't care. I, just like the line says, and I'll still try to make up for the things, uh, or I'll still try to say the things to make up for the mess I've caused to follow up after that line is it, it really sweeps me away into the voice of this song. And that's one of the things that it always surprises me with umpire of the sun, how well they can do that uh, with this weird kind of atmospheric sound and this very weird front man with his headdress that he, I think draws power from or something, but it, it it's a great outro as well because at the end I'm always left wanting more and that's that's what the outro should do right um luckily for me there's there's a deluxe version as well and that's a lot of fun um but Kev what do you think about Tour Door uh yeah no I I couldn't decide even through my notes listen if 
it bores me to tears or it's the exact perfect ending to this album. If it's so cheesy, it hurts. Or if it's endearing, like I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I think that's okay. Like it changes multiple times throughout even the song itself, not just like concurrent listens of this song, just within the me listening to the song itself each time. Um, I do love like the instrumental break that happens kind of midway through the song. Um, but that's the only thing I'm sure of about this, <laughs> this song. Um, I, I think it is a good album closer. Uh, I just don't know why, if that makes sense, because I, I can't, I, can, I don't want to say, I don't dislike the song, but I don't love this song either. And I don't know. It just left me, it didn't like ruin the album or anything. It's not like that kind of confusion. It's more of just, do I, is there a better way they could have ended it? And I don't know if I know the answer to that. So I, I just kind of default to, yeah, this was a good album closer. Um, because I can't think of a better, <laughs> better answers. So obviously they're the ones that make music and they know better than I do. So I'm just going to default to the powers on this one and just say that, yeah, they got it right here. And it, it annoys me that I now, now knowing that Lindsey Buckingham was a co-writer for this because I fucking love Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think if you go back and listen to it, it'll make a lot of sense. I think it'll make more sense. Yeah. I mean, he's a pompous prick, but like, I like his music a lot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, it just it annoys me that it confused me so much, I think. Yeah. Man. Hell yeah, boys. We did it. We did, <laughs> we did it. it. You did uh, it. You got you guys got through Empire of the Sun. <laughs> um, can, I talk about, can I talk about the deluxe a little bit? Oh, sorry, Dill. What were you going to say? Yeah, let's do deluxe and then uh, closing thoughts kind of at the same time if you want. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll rapid fire through the deluxe. I know we've been going on here, but... Uh, so there is a deluxe version of the album. It has three more songs, four technically, but the fourth is just uh, Walking on a Dream, which is from their first album. Don't know why they put it on there, but I mean, it's awesome. You've heard it, but you can skip that one. Uh, so it starts with Keystone. And for me, Keystone is a really great, it's a high, it's a high energy electro track, which we don't really get as straightforward as Keystone is um, on a lot of the main album. And it has some really cool punctuations. And I think if you listen to it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about with the punctuations. And I think I would have preferred it on the album, uh, maybe over Ride or Digital Life. Um, but, you know, I didn't make the album. And then how, much, some... how much later did this come out after the album? Very quickly. Okay. Like, it it like, almost felt like a different album era. It No, it was in 26. They were both in 2016. So, um I don't know why I think I don't know why they ended up cutting these ones. I'm sure they were ready. It feels like they were ready, but um, I don't know. There's something that in their creative process as malformed as it is in Nick Littlemore's own words, um, had them leave these ones off. But I think Keystone would have been a great ad. Um, then after that is lend me some light. And it's another, it's another really good atmospheric vibe. Uh, for me, it's, it's another good B side. And then Dylan sends me a text while we're getting ready saying it's his favorite song he's heard so far. So that's wild to me. I can't wait to go back and listen to that just like ZZZ. Um, but then we get Welcome to My Life, which is everything. Um, okay, this is my favorite song on this album. And I really mean it this time. I fucking love Welcome to My Life. It's got all the energy uh, that the back half of the album is almost missing. And 
uh, my God, I, I love the pre-chorus building into the chorus every time. The the whole I don't want to do the whole uh, lyrical line because it'll it's long, but the way it ends with uh, making everything so emotional, so like it, mm, fucking Chef's Kiss every time. I, um, I got a Spotify notification today on my way home from work saying, "Hey, we're getting ready for your your 2022 recap." This is the song you've played on repeat the most. Welcome to my life. And it's it's all from like the last three weeks. So I, <laughs> I can't get enough of Welcome to My Life. I wish it was on the, the full album, but um I know I think Dill, you passed through. Do you have any quick thoughts? Uh yeah, Keystone almost sounded like it had an 808 beat, which was cool. Um like I said, it almost sounds like a different album era. Lend me some light. Sounds like a fucking Beatles song. Uh it's got like a little Beatles guitar intro. A uh, little finger plucking, and it reminds me of like when George Harrison really wanted a sitar in all the songs. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I I love that song. I was like, this is unlike the, any of the others. And welcome to my life. I wrote. I swear I've heard this chorus before. It's a good song. I don't get all why all these songs were added out on a deluxe. They would be three great songs on an EP by themselves or a new album era. Like. Yeah. These these songs don't deserve to be left out on an actual album and be on a deluxe. Like it almost makes it seem like these songs are less than when they're actually standalone great. Um, and then I heard "Walking on a Dream" and I was like, "That's why I've heard Welcome to My Life" is because it sounds very similar." And I was like, "This sounds like a song I've already heard," and it's "Walking on a Dream." So, yeah, no, I I did a quick listen through. I agree with you on the Beatles note, Dill, and then. Uh... I agree with you, Ben, on uh, Welcome to My Life. It's it's the best track on either version of these albums. Um, and I think it's just because it's more dense musically. It's It feel it fills the your ear hole a little bit more completely. And that's something I'm a huge fan of. So anything you can kind of pack as much music into a small space as possible and still make it coherent, like I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Well, hell yeah, good. We got Now we got through it. Congratulations. Hell boys. yeah. Hey. We did it. Um, so yeah, if you, if you want to check out, we're going to have both versions of, uh, two vines on the links. So if you want to listen to the regular version or the deluxe version, we'll have both versions, uh, on our link, uh, for Spotify and Apple music for the people that are less than, um, let's get into (laughs) songs of the show. Um, Benny, we'll start with you. Okay. Oh, we skipping past closing thoughts. That's fine. I, I don't have that much, but. Um, here we go. Skip down a little bit. Okay. I'm gonna give you one closing thought anyway, just because Dill, I I know you're like, you're the sad boy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I want to, this, I think what encapsulates why I love this album so much is I'm just an uplifty boy. I can't get enough of it. That's why I like trance so much and no, like no empire of the sun isn't trance, but, um, they, they, they share a very similar theme and just, trying to bring you up and um there's nothing after listening to it as many times as i've listened to it over the last couple weeks i don't think there's anything that could stop me from listening to this album more and i'm very glad that you guys didn't hate it at least so uh yeah um do you want me to go ahead with the song of the show yeah unless kev has closing thoughts i've kind of said all i i I had to say 
Yeah, no, not really. I just one of the things I couldn't get out of my head is that this they sound very Eurovision. If you've ever watched that that competition, they're Eurovision to a T. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get that, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. There's they, nothing they wrong. There's nothing wrong with Eurovision's artists. It's just there's a very specific vibe that comes along with that. Um, and yeah, I just talked about how they remind me of Passion Pit. So yeah, let's move into songs of the show. Right on. So. I'll go first since mine is just Empire of the Sun again, but I cheated a little bit because uh, so my pick is Concert Pitch off of Ice on the Dune, which is their second album. And I think I actually like the individual songs better on Ice of a Dune, perhaps, than I than I like Two Vines. Um, but Two Vines was it's a better album. Like I, I hope we get more from Empire of the Sun. They haven't done anything since Two Vines, but from uh, 2016. But if we don't, it was kind of a perfect journey. Their first album with Walking on a Dream, We Are the People, kind of had a few hits and then, you know, move on. And then Ice on a Dune has a whole bunch of bangers um, that are great to listen to, but it feels kind of disjointed. And then Two, Two Vines is just this great album altogether, I feel like. But my favorite absolute song from Empire of the Sun is Concert Pitch. So I can't recommend you listen to it enough. It's it, It's got another great wall of sound to it. And it's just super, super fun. It's probably their most high energy track I've ever heard. And um, as a cheat, I put the commentary version of this song as well, because you get to kind of hear them talk about it. And it's a really, really fascinating insight into their creative process, if you want to call it that, um, with these two wild guys. And... They, Luke Steele just disappearing in Manhattan for a day and a half and coming back and belting this out. It's a fascinating, fascinating story to me. It, it makes me smile every time. It kind of makes him sound like a dickhead. It's, uh, yeah, sure. Like, I left the studio. I had to get out of my head and then I came back a day and a half later at like 8 a.m. and I had a melody in my head. I think it was 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, that's artists though. All artists are assholes. Anybody who makes art is is it's art by nature is masturbatory. It's like look how good this thing is I created. I mean, so any artist is kind of an asshole when you <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's next? No shit, I don't know. Don't look at me. Me next. All yeah. right, cool. Yeah. I'll go next. Uh, my my song of the show is "The Trooper" by Iced Earth. Uh, I love Iced Earth. They're my favorite power metal outfit by a large margin. I've been listening to them a lot recently um, because they're remaster, re not remastering. They're re-recording some of their old stuff with their new vocalist, who I like quite a bit. Um, or and they did like a <laughs> they did this weird like last I think it was earlier this year or late last year where they did this like almost like stage production version, like instrumentals of their old songs. It's fucking weird. Um, but I, I love Iced Earth and The Trooper is an old Maiden track with one of the best, if not the best, guitar riff of all time. It's so fucking good. It's so iconic. Uh, it's a it's one of the best gallops of all time. Like 80s metal gallops are like some like cocaine for me. I just, I love this song and to hear Iced Earth do it is is perfect for me. Yeah, it's awesome. Ice Earth, Ice Earth is weird, bro, but uh, this is a great cover. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very obvious. It's Iron Maiden too, so it, I yeah, love it. Yeah. You can't hear a Maiden song, no matter who's covering it. With like, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
my song of the show is I Don't Want to Know by Knox. Uh, I watched Knox open for Bill Murray. Uh, he was featured on Bill Murray's new album. And he actually just got signed to Atlantic Records with like four singles to his name. Like crazy, 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 yep. crazy. He's from Dayton, Ohio. So it's it's cool to see someone blow up that quickly. He has double the amount of listeners as Bill Murray, like Damn. monthly listeners. Um, and he only has four singles. It's fucking crazy, man. And uh, it, it's almost like I, he sounds like love. And I think that's kind of his appeal is like that alt pop. And kind of just, you know, being young and ambitious and super, super great on stage for not doing a lot of shows. He's got a great stage presence. He puts on a hell of a show. And I was really, really impressed by what I saw from him when he opened for uh, Bill Murray. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. No. You went to that show. Yeah, I, 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 when I listened to it and I started getting into it, I, was, I just started smiling because I love how unabashedly you love songs about being a young guy and like and like all like all pop kind of stuff like it's just it's so it's such an endearing part of you dill that you just start just you just love this shit and i it's like i'm resistant to it but um i don't know it, it made me smile thinking of you fucking jamming out to it it reminded me of a of a, a higher energy empire of the sun almost like it's probably just because i've listened to empire of the sun a million times but um it kind of started out with that spacey vibiness a little bit. And then once the vocal starts, it kind of becomes his own thing. But um, yeah, no, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. yeah, I, And I don't, I don't want you to think I didn't like the song because I do like the song, but I was more tickled by listening to it and knowing how much you loved it. Probably. Dude. Yeah. The, a pop chorus is like, man, that's all I need. I, <laughs> I, I do not need anything else besides like, I love, especially leading into the chorus it's like if that guy takes you home and there's only like a a synth in the background and then the whole beat comes back in it's like it's a super simple song but i don't know he he won me over because he reminds me of like bill murray's little brother he even kind of looks like him and at the show me and my buddy chaz were there you could see johnny frank who's who's quote unquote bill murray He's standing in the back and kind of just like dancing along to Knox's music. And it's like he put Knox on his album. He it almost feels like he's his big brother or something. So we'll, we'll just get through it. We got we got 10 minutes. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Um Mason says, Heart Don't Stand a Chance by Anderson Pack. Um, if if you're new to the show, we have big boners for Anderson Pack around here. Yep. This is this is I love this album. I haven't been able to stop listening to it. Um, I'm so shocked he didn't put "Come Down" on here because it's one of the best bass lines of all time, in my opinion. But yeah, great, great fucking track on a great album. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'll yeah. try not to take too much airtime because I know we're running thin here. But <laughs> we're awesome. up against we're up against our free time on Google Meet, so we're gonna we're gonna rapid fire these. Uh, next is Alec Sullivan. He submitted "And" or "Ampersand." one of the two by Tally Hall. Um, I, I think this is awesome. I, I uh, messaged Alec after he submitted this on Instagram and I said, how's it feel being so much cooler than everybody else? And <laughs> because it's just really cool, like alt pop kind of shit. And it's just, it's, I don't know when I listened to it, I was like, yep, Alec's cooler than me. Mm -hmm. I could, I got to, just got to accept it. 
<laughs> it's always a an, a an obscure artist we've never heard of too. God. Yeah, yeah he's so yeah. cool. Yeah, he's so fucking cool, man. <laughs> Him and his fucking perfect, perfectly quaffed hair. <laughs> uh, Cody Garrett says "Corn Fed Yetis" by Bill Murray featuring Knox and Hardy. Um, I already love this song, but recently it had they played a show in Nashville and they had like a surprise artist come on the sh- come on during this song and it turns out the country artist Hardy who has tens of millions of listeners just did like a secret feature on the song and didn't tell anyone till they played it live in Nashville and he does screams on it which is fucking awesome the song is fucking awesome and I'm not going to gush about Bill Murray anymore so you guys go yeah this song kicks ass I I love it too uh next we got sammy's submission of liquor and whores by bubbles and the shit rockers um <laughs> this just continues uh sammy's hard on for trailer park boys and uh it's fucking hilarious it's trailer park boys shit uh and she said i this is my song of the show because i said so and i was like yep that's what song of the show is so it's basically the trailer park boys version of boats and hose yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. perfect and then lastly, we have Louis Pick, which is a handful of keys by Fats Waller. Uh, it's great. Louis and I waxed philosophical a little bit about it and how uh, musicians from the early 20th century, you, you can recreate the recording technique, but you can't recreate the necessity of having to record that way. And it makes it, it just gives it that special, there's something special about that era of recording and music in that era. And I don't know, it's, it's a cool song, just a cool little piano ditty. And it almost sounds like it's playing from a like a record player or something. Yeah. 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 This one this one went on my party my party starter playlist. Hell yeah. Uh you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like um <laughs> like silent films. That's the kind of music I imagine would be playing in like a silent film. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's got the music from that era just ba- from necessity it's going to have that record crackle because that's the only master they have of it. So when, even when you put it digitally, I mean, you can take it out, but that, then you lose the magic of what it was. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's just something cool about, like I said, you can recreate the technique and you can recreate that set, that exact same style of music, but it's not going to feel authentic. And I don't know. There's just something cool about the primitive nature of early recorded music. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's it. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing this one with me, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Benny. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Yeah. Thanks for picking a fun album, dude. Like, I know you easily could have picked something like way more niche for yourself. Cats and boots and cats. And boots yeah. And some boots and cats, and um, you probably would have lost us. But I appreciate you catering to us, and I feel like everyone's done that when they picked albums. Like, like this is gonna be kind of near. Like, this is where we can all kind of meet in the middle, which is cool. We're- yeah. I mean, that's where you got to start, right? Like I came into this thinking, you know, it's a risk. Um, I can see Kevin being very middle of the road on it, obviously. Cause I know he, yeah. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't go for the, uh, the slower kind of emotional um, electronic music that I do most of the time, but I had high hopes for you and um, no, no, at the end of the day, I, this was, this was selfish. <laughs> I wanted to talk about empire of the sun. Yeah, I fuck it. I love this shit, man. And I think more people need to listen to this album because they kind of went away from the social consciousness after they got huge with um, Walking on a Dream and We Are the People. 
for whatever reason, because they only got better from there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get more from them too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> if you guys want to check out our social media, we have a link for our merch. You can just go to www.offthebeatencleft.com. Offthebeatencleft.com. Off, off. I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm just showing you that I'm listening this week. That's okay. why I don't repeat you. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to check out our Instagram, at Off the Beaten Cliff, our Twitter is at Off Cliff. Uh, we've got a TikTok that Kevin is uh, in charge of, and it's been inactive since January. Um, we have a YouTube channel that I'm in charge of, uh, has been inactive since February. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we have an email, offthebeatencleff at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to join our Discord, it's a lot of shit talking like Kevin and I do at the end of every episode. So there's a link in the show notes. Um, Benny, thank you again for coming on, my man. Deuces. We'll see you in six months. This is awesome, guys. <laughs> yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.